www.brfcs.com. By the fans. For the fans. Since 1986. Welcome to BRFCS podcast number 65. I'm Wen Waihu, the BRFCS editor. Once again, Chief Reporter Kami is with us in the virtual studio, and in today's podcast, we're going to be discussing the Bolton game, and then Kami's going to be giving us a rundown of the goings-on behind the scenes during the transfer window. So, Kami, how are you? Evening, Wen. I'm just about recovering after a a very nervous day yesterday with the with the transfer window and a very busy day. Yes, uh, nervous presumably because of Jordan Rhodes. Yeah, I mean, or, or I was actually testing an Xbox One, which is a well, you might not know about this, but it's a upcoming you know video games console, and I was there testing this video games, and everyone was so excited about playing this thing, and all I could think about was Jordan Rhodes, yeah. <laughs> and. Yeah. Uh, and literally, you know, this is uh, one of the biggest video game launches this, you know, in the last five years. And I had this exclusive chance to play this game's console. And honestly, I was just thinking about Jordan Rhodes all, all day and checking Twitter and texting people. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so it was a uh, pretty bad, uh, you know, I'd convinced myself that he was going to, to, to be subject to a Premier League club bid. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, that did it come, and we'll be talking about that later on, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, in previous podcasts, in fact, uh, you were very confident uh, in saying that you'd be amazed if there were no Premier League clubs coming in for him and bidding for, for him. And uh, I think with unerring accuracy, you predicted that you would be amazed. Yeah, and I, I'm amazed. <laughs> I posted something on the forums as well. I'm just flabbergasted uh, that um, no one came in for him. And... Uh, even on Sky Sports News, um, they had Niall Quinn and the Peterborough chairman um, in in the Sky News studio, uh, you know, as the transfer window closed. And both of them two were saying the same thing, that it, it, a particular Peterborough chairman, he was saying he's amazed that no one's come in for, for, for Jordan Rhodes. Well, we'll be looking at the transfer dealings later on, but first we're going to talk about the football now, following on from the 5-2 victory over Barnsley last week, uh, this last Saturday uh, we took Bolton apart down at Ewood and we ran out worthy 4-1 winners. During the match I interviewed Cammy on his thoughts about the goals and the main pieces of action and we'll be listening to those thoughts here. To start us off with our review of the Bolton match are our pre-match predictions for the final score. Here they are. So what do you reckon today? I reckon it'll be a close game. Uh, I'm going for a two-all draw. Right. I can't see us uh, keeping a clean sheet. Bolton looked pretty strong. But uh, I think 2-1, I'll go for a victory. Well, let's see how it develops. <laughs> right. So, Cammy, before the match you were thinking it could be a 2-2 draw. But very happily it didn't turn out that way and we absolutely hammered them, yeah? Yeah, um, you know, pre-match when I looked at the Bolton side um, and you see Rita, Zat Knight, see Spearing, uh, uh, Kamara, um, you know, Prattley, uh, uh, Chung Yong Lee, uh, Beckford and Ungog. You know, I was thinking this is going to be a very tough game, particularly midfield with Spearing and more Kamara there. I was thinking uh, they're going to be well set up defensively and we're going to struggle to break them down because they've got some good cover uh, in defensive midfield positions. Um, um, in the event, um, I think I could pretty safely say that was the best home performance in the last two and a half years. Um, I can't think of any better performances than that. And uh, well, to, to be honest, they're, they're very, very lucky to get away with just you know losing by four because could quite easily have been seven or eight by the end. Yeah, very convincing. Um, we both predicted that we wouldn't keep a clean sheet, and uh, it turned out that way. Uh, funnily enough, just before half-time, uh, you were caught saying, I think they're going to get one here, and uh, lo and behold, uh, we, we had another 
laps in, in the defensive area and uh, they pulled one back. Uh, before that, uh, we'd scored two in 90 seconds and uh, really, uh, we, we thoroughly deserved the 2-0 lead. Yeah, I mean, we came out of the blocks very, very quickly and um, you could tell from the first minute, really, uh, when uh, King uh, destroyed Mears down down um, our left and their right. Um, you know, he, he took him on right right from the, the get-go and you're thinking it's going to be a long afternoon for, for Mears. And what happened was, because King was um, uh, absolutely obliterating them down that left wing, um, they then, their whole defensive shape went to pot because the midfielders were going to the left to cover King and that was leaving space in the middle. And then we were switching play to the right. Kim was getting in and Marshall was getting in at times. So and Dunny was you know running around all over the place. Um, what I was really impressed by was our closing down. Um, you know we, from Jordan Road right to the back, we didn't let them settle, um, particularly in the first half, and we were closing them down constantly, even in forward position. You know, we were rushing them and making them make mistakes, like giving the ball away in midfield uh, because Dunny or Rhodes or or Marshall or King. Were, were tracking back and, and closing down space and not allowing them to, to, to settle. And then obviously when we got the ball, uh, we were causing all sorts of problems for them, uh, mainly because they, they, they didn't know how to cope with King's pace and, and Mears was, uh, well, it was embarrassing by the end. Um, you know, we were just, King was, whenever he got the chance to run at him, he was doing it and he was beating him quite, quite easily and, um, obviously 2-0 up. Um, uh, with uh, two what brilliant goals, I can say. Um, Dunny uh, capped off a really good performance with uh, an old-style done goal. You know, he he burst into a box, took on two men, dummied the goalkeeper, and slotted slotted it in. And Jordan Rhodes did what Jordan Rhodes is good at. You know, he it was what twenty yards out. Would you say uh, he controlled it? He composed himself, and he didn't have much of a gap. To, to aim for, to be honest, and he found it with unerring accuracy. Uh, I, the, I think I remarked during the game when that, that there's a difference between someone like Beckford, who had a, a similar chance uh, in the first 10 minutes, and he didn't compose himself, and he rushed, and in the end, completely fluffed his chance. Beck, uh, Rhodes got into a similar position, Composed himself and, and and slotted away, and there's there's the difference between uh, you know eight ten million pound striker and someone like Beckford who's worth two or three million. You, you you pay for that top quality, and and you know Jordan showed it um, in in, uh, in that moment. Um, but even throughout the game, I, I thought he was really good. Yes, indeed, you did comment on that, and we'll listen to that bit of the commentary now. Here it is. So how you, how would you describe the David Dungall? Absolutely fantastic. Got into the box, took on two men, dummied the keeper and slotted it away. Uh, but what we're doing is down uh, our left-hand side, uh, King has got is absolutely destroying uh, Mears. He just, just doesn't know how to deal with him. Every time he gets the ball, he's just running. Oh, it could be three here, two here. Two goals in a couple of minutes. Fantastic effort from Jordan Rhodes. Yeah, absolutely quality finish by Rhodes. Uh, he got the ball just outside the area, picked his spot. He didn't have much to aim for, but he slotted that into the bottom corner. 
bad defending from Bolton, but Dunny again putting the uh, the uh, Bolton midfield under pressure and, and forcing them to make a mistake. Yeah, he was a little bit off balance, but he uh, he uh, settled himself, uh, ready for the shot. Yeah, composed himself, picked his spot, and slotted it in. That was completely in contrast to the earlier effort when Beckford was uh, was free. Yeah, I mean this is a difference between Beckford and a Rhodes. Beckford was through one on one really in a very similar position but instead of composing himself he rushed his shot and it was a back pass to, to, uh, to Keane uh, whereas Rhodes got into the same kind of position composed himself picked his spot bang goal that is the difference between a £4 million striker and an £8 million striker So Jordan Rhodes put his 2-0 up and we were looking good for a third goal until they pulled one back right on the stroke of half-time. I think if we'd gone in at half-time 3 or 4-0 up, uh, nobody would have said we didn't deserve it. Uh, as you say, the attacking, particularly down the left flank, was uh, absolutely fantastic. We didn't use the right wing so much. Uh, ben Marshall, unfortunately, I, I, don't, I don't think he had more than a couple of training sessions with us before the match. And he found it a little bit difficult to get into the game. But he had a, a tremendous effort at 2-0, and this is how he described it. Nearly a third goal there. What happened, Cammy? Yeah, it looks like it was a Marshall and a fantastic save by the goalkeeper. Uh, fingertips onto a post, and it bounced just past Rhodes, who was just about to put it in for empty net. A great save by the keeper. It's well worked down the right-hand side as well. Yeah, because they uh, Bolton are overcompensating down the left, but they can't uh, keep up with King. They're leaving space down the right, and we exposed it there. We just don't need to concede a goal here. So that was Ben Marshall's effort, Cammy. Yeah, yeah. Um, ben Marshall, like you said, when he's only had a couple of training sessions, uh, it's it's hard to come into a team and just you know be amazing straight away, uh, but. I thought he was decent in the first half. He, like, like you just played that commentary. He had that excellent shot, which was tipped onto the post, and uh, he showed he was willing, you know, runner up and down, and he was he was uh, help. At times, he was sort of not sticking to the right hand side. He was going into the middle. Uh, he was on the left hand side once, uh, helping King with something. So, so I think potentially he's there. Obviously, he needs um, uh, uh, a lot more time working with the with the, the players. Um, to, to integrate himself, and with the international break, um, you know, hopefully he can, uh, he and Boyer and the rest of can use that time um, to, to to get him fully integrated. But um, I was encouraged by you know, it, you know, it wasn't an amazing uh, debut, but uh, you definitely saw good flashes. Yes, for sure. And uh, if his shot had gone in, that would have put us three up and out of sight. I think. But uh, famous last words about not conceding before half time and all that. Well, that's just what we did. Let's hear the reaction. Bolton pulled one back to get to 2-1. Yeah, poor, poor uh, defending. First of all by uh, Kane on the uh, right back. He got done by Chung Young Lee. And then a, a very tame shot which uh, Keane spilled. He should have kept hold of that. And the ball went out and we left Baptiste completely free in the box and uh, a good finish from him. Very disappointing to concede a goal so late on the, in the first half after we pretty much dominated. You know, we should have been uh, three, of, could have been three or four up, and it's two one now. So two one at half time. Bolton came out for the second half with a bit more purpose, but uh, it was the Rovers that got the vital next goal. In the attack that led to the goal, Jordan Rhodes could have had another if the ball. It bounced a little bit more kindly, but uh, in the end it didn't matter because uh, it came out to Corey Evans on the edge of the area and he scored an absolute cracker for his first goal uh, for the Rovers on his home debut. Uh, it's a good goal, yeah? Yeah, and you know, like you said, uh, there was a bit of a scramble. Rhodes had a couple of sort of half chances. They cleared it and it came out to Corey Evans, and it, it was a two-guy-esque kind of volley. You know, he absolutely caught that sweet. Um, it took a deflection, but I don't. I, I think even 
without that deflection, that was going at some fair knots, and uh, uh, I think Bogdan would have struggled to to save that. It was an absolute fantastic strike, and uh, you know, uh, thoroughly deserved for us. Um, and uh, you know, we could relax then. <laughs> Yeah, I think the Bolton player actually turned his back and it looped up off his back. But uh, I think it was a sensible decision not to stick his head in the way of that volley. Absolutely cracking volley. And uh, this is how it was described at the time. 3-1 and the third goal by Corey Evans. First goal for the club. Can you describe it for us, Cammy? Yeah, ball was cleared outside the box. Uh, 20, 23, 24 yards out. First time volley that took a slight deflection and absolutely top corner. Keeper had no chance. Two guy esque kind of goal. Uh, fantastic volley. So that put us in command 3 uh, 1 up before Todd Kane engineered a fourth. Uh, last week against Barnsley, he had a hand in three of the goals. Then this time against Bolton in the second half, his perseverance down the right hand side created. Fairly simple tap-in for Jordan Rhodes for his second goal. Um, a good performance all round from Todd Kane, you thought? Yeah, it was, it's getting there. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, for the uh, Bolton goal, uh, he got he, he dived in uh, and, and Chung Yong Lee used his skill to get past him. So it was a bit rash there. And then that led to uh, uh, Keane uh, spilling a shot that he really should have saved. Um, and then... You know the rebound went out and it came back in the box. And while we were getting our shape back, uh, um, we left um, Baptiste free, who you know finished really well. Uh, but other than that one mistake he made, uh, he was he was getting there. He's getting back to the levels we saw um, towards the end of last season. He's a really good player. Um, I think he just needs um, uh, a bit of of confidence more more than anything else. Um, so, so, so he's he's getting there. Um, and second half, like you said, um, it was his perseverance, um, and which you know led to that third goal. Um, the way he, you know, stuck to it and got a good ball into a back post, and um, you know, Rhodes was there for a simple tapping. Yeah, let's just hear the commentary from that fourth goal now. Four-one, and it was another one for Jordan Rhodes. Great work down the right by Todd Kay. Yeah, awful, awful defending by uh, Bolton again. But uh, great work by uh, Kane, dispossessing the defender and putting in. But the man of the match for me, Josh Kane, King, he's just going off now to be replaced by Morris. But King has absolutely destroyed Bolton down that left hand side. That was the end of the scoring. An excellent three points, and Cammy gave us his summary of the match at the final whistle. 4-1, full-time. Cammy, your thoughts on the match? Absolutely fantastic. That's the best home performance in probably two and a half years. We outplayed, outfought, and completely destroyed what what is meant to be a top-six side in Bolton. Absolutely fantastic. Well done to Guy Boy and, and the boys. So, a great result for us, and it could have been even better, because right at the end we could have had a fifth goal. We were basically just playing it around and toying with them, and uh, we could have easily got another, I think. That uh, that would have been nice, but we can't complain about a, a 4-1 victory against one of the pre-season favourites for promotion. So, uh, that was absolutely fantastic coming, yeah? Yeah, we could have had a fifth and a sixth. King had a... a... Did all the hard work. I think it took on about three people, got in the box and uh, sliced his shot uh, wide. And then we had this uh, move, must have been about 30 passes in injury time. And it fell to Jason Lowe just outside the box. <laughs> and, uh, well, he went flying over the bar after that. But, um, but yeah, we could have had a fifth or six. To be honest, we could have had seven or eight um, uh, had it not been for Bogdan uh, making some, some absolute you know, key saves for them in the first half. Uh, in particular, so it was it was a good day all round. I tell you what impressed me the most, Wed, was uh, the fact at two one. I, do, I don't know if you remember, uh, they came out in the first fifteen minutes of the second half. We seemed to drop a bit deeper, and we, it looked like we were going to give away the initiative. And Spearing had a shot um, from outside the box, which I think Todd Kane cleared off the line. Um, 
what pleased me the most at that point was our crowd got behind the team. You know, they started singing "Bar Me or Me" and 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 try to lift the team. And that noise seemed to have a galvanizing effect on the players. Um, we've not seen this for the last two or three years. When when we're under the cosh, and because of what's happened with Venki and Keane and you know various other things that have been going on at the club, at Ewood in particular, when things aren't going our way, the crowd was getting on the players' backs or wasn't sporting them uh, in a way that it should. Um, uh, you know, but definitely on Saturday um, at two one, uh, they could see that the players needed a bit of a lift. We were under the cosh. And and we got right behind the players, and that had a positive effect on them. And and I know a couple of the players mentioned it after the game as well. So so that that was excellent to see. To that that feel good factor uh, is starting to return to the club. You know, we're not saying everything is perfect and it's a well run club or anything, but it's very important on match days in particular that uh, fans feel good and. I think it, I think it's all down to Gary Boyer in in many respects because uh, fans are now seeing good honest performances from the players. We won't win every game, but they, they, they're seeing them give a hundred percent and give it their all. And uh, you know our crowd kind of responds to that. They they, they want to see their players put effort in. We haven't got uh, prima donnas uh, prancing around the pitch like some people were doing last season. You know, thinking that they had a God-given right just to win games. You know, we, we're earning that right now. So, so that was very, very positive to see uh, from a crowd perspective. Yeah, the difference between the first three matches uh, against uh, Derby, Forest, and then the away disaster at Doncaster, the, the difference between those first three matches and the Barnsley and, uh, and the Bolton victories uh, is massive. Yeah. Uh, there's much more cohesiveness about the team and I think uh, the credit must go to Gary Boyer for the way that he's moulding the players into a team. Hopefully it's not just a case of us coming up against particularly weak opposition that makes us look better than we are in this division. My impression at the time was that Barnsley were poor and uh, also Bolton were equally poor, I thought. So it'll be a big test of where we are after the international break when we play Burnley and then Leicester uh, both away. Um, if we can come out of those unbeaten, then we'll have a, a much better idea about your progress. It's uh, it's very encouraging though, yeah? Yeah, I completely agree with what you said there, Wed. Um, I mean, what we're seeing now is uh, the team starting to gel. Um, we've had so many new players come in, um, you know, so many changes over the summer. Um, I think Probably Boyer thought they would gel straight away, but that didn't happen. But uh, I think over the last few weeks, obviously been doing a lot of work at Brocco with with the players, uh, the, you know, players like Kenny, uh, Spur. Um, I've started to settle in. Corey Evans looked looked decent when he came on. So um, you know, even the likes of Judge um, and Taylor, you know, these are all new players. So so I think it's they're just starting to settle, and those two home wins. Uh, are fantastic for their confidence, um, and now uh, you know we've got the big one next. Uh, uh, um, and if they can follow these two wins up with a good result against Burnley, then uh, confidence-wise, they should be flying. Then, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, look forward to the next couple of games away at Burnley and Leicester. Uh, see if we can keep the confidence up and the momentum going. If we can keep a couple of clean sheets, then that would be nice. But uh, as long as we can come away with a couple of draws and keep our unbeaten run against Burnley going, that would be great. That's uh, extremely important to everyone connected with Blackburn Rovers. So uh, you were talking about the team gelling and everything. and uh, It's been a relatively quiet last few days of the transfer window, but there's actually been a considerable amount of activity over the course of the window. Uh, not just outgoings, uh, incomings as well. Uh, would you like to give us a rundown of what's happened during the transfer window and uh, tell us how you've seen it? Yeah, I mean, I, would, I, I was just looking over uh, the players that have gone out and it's amazing that we've had 19 players leave the club uh, over over the summer. Some have gone you know, permanent, some have gone on loan, some have been released. And if you add 
Kazim Richards and uh, uh, Sand Sandmore Moreski, uh, who were both on loan. If you add them to then from the squad that we had last year, we've had actually had 21 people um, leave the club. Um, and you know, if I go down the list, then I'll pick out the, some of the key ones. Um, obviously, we had Danny Murphy and Nuno Gomez leave quite early. Uh, Nuno Enrique, he's he's gone, you know, to, to Portugal. Um, then we had. Uh, some of the young lads like uh, Peter Willey and Mika Evans going. Uh, then we loaned out David Goodwillie uh, to uh, Dundee United. Uh, Martin Olsen's uh, obviously left for Norwich. Anton Forrester's gone to Bury and he's making a fantastic impact there. He's scoring quite quite a few goals. And I was talking to uh, the Manchester Evening News correspondent um, earlier this week uh, who covers Bury. And he said, this guy is dynamite. They, they, they think he's a really top, top player. So so he's making uh, a very good impact there. Then Edinho Jr. has gone to non-league football. <laughs> uh, Jack O'Connell, Ryan Edwards, uh, Sebastian Use, uh, uh, Osawe, these old young lads who you know, either you know, all gone out. Uh, then we had Maro Formica going uh, to Mexico. Uh, Diego Rosado obviously was was you know released. Uh, Morton gone, Yale Jive is gone, and uh, finally, I know everyone's gutted about it. I know you gutted about it uh, when uh, Bradley O left us yesterday. I'm absolutely devastated by this news. Yeah, I think most people are devastated because he'll be coming back. Yes, he's gone out on loan. I think we. We'll be covering some of his wages while he's at Blackpool, but um, uh, it's good that he's away from the club. Um, you know, he's obviously not in uh, Gary Boyer's plans, and some of the stuff that he's posted on Twitter, etc., is uh, is not the way uh, a professional footballer should be behaving. So uh, uh, I don't think there's any tears shed uh, with regards to, um, to to Bradley or you know he's gone. He's gone till January. Um, hopefully, he you know does well for Blackpool, and we can get rid of him for good. Yeah. Now uh, you're mentioning there, Gail Givet. Um, uh, kind of sad that he's going uh, in in the in the way that he's going, uh, but there's uh, no chance that uh, he was going to uh, be involved in the first team, and. Um, uh, I mean, much has been made of his, his attitude uh, over the last year or so. Um, he was a terrific player. When, you know, when he came in the first year, he was a real warrior, wasn't he? Absolutely solid at the back. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunate that uh, what happened during the Keane era uh, seemed to uh, destabilise him. And, um, yeah, he's, he's never been the same, has he? Yeah, I mean... Um, he first couple of years he was here was absolutely brilliant probably our best defender with, with Chris Humber uh, and like you said a warrior put his body on the line countless times um, I think it started to go a bit wrong even before Venkis came in uh, I don't know if you remember he had this dispute about payments to an agent etc um, so I think there were some problems in the background even before Venkis took over but obviously uh, Steve Keane with his man management skills you know, we know how good they are. Uh, they just exacerbated the situation, and um, in the end, you know, he, he wasn't the player that you know that we we knew a couple of years ago. And then on top of that, he's had this heart problem, you know, where it's flared up during games. I mean, that can't help as well, you know, particularly when you're a a, a, a GV type of player who gives it his all, you know. So if he's got um, some doubts about his health. You know, that I don't think that's helped as well. So, yeah, you know, I just remember the good times with, with GV. Um, a couple of years but when he arrived, he was absolutely brilliant. Played left back, played centre back, always give it a hundred and ten percent. And he was, you know, one of our our big players. Um, it's gone a bit wrong at the end, but um, I don't think there's any animosity towards him because um, a lot of fans um, 
appreciate that there were some uh, sort of uh, mitigating circumstances uh, as, as to why his performances dropped off. Yeah, I mean, he's only 31, I think, uh, so he should be in his prime. And uh, he's going back to his hometown in the south of France. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's in the uh, second division. Um, it's, a, it's a pity that uh, uh, he couldn't have made more of his, uh, his obvious talents. But, uh, yeah, uh, good luck to him uh, back home, as it were. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure everyone wishes him all the best. And uh, last time uh, we were uh, talking about Morton Gans Pedersen's imminent departure and uh, finally uh, he left the club and went to Turkey. Now, uh, we had a, a, an exclusive interview with uh, Morton Gans Pedersen uh, before the Barnsley match and uh, he was actually looking at his watch and saying that in two days uh, it'll be ten years since he joined the club. Uh, we we think uh, his his watch is wrong. Uh, it was nine years, wasn't it? Not ten years. And, yeah, uh, I think he was, he was a year out. Yeah, just a year. Uh, yeah. But uh, nevertheless, uh, that means that he's missed out on uh, uh, on getting a testimonial. But uh, yeah, you were saying uh, the other day that uh, uh, he may well be coming back. Yeah, I think he's been uh, towards the end of the season. I think. Uh, once, once an opportunity allows, uh, I'm sure we'll see Morton back at Ewood uh, at half time or something where he could say proper goodbye to the fans. Um, so, so yeah, uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll definitely see him uh, at some point before the end of the season. Yeah, it, was, it took everyone by surprise him coming out at the end of the match uh, against Barnsley. Um, but yeah, he was obviously very emotional uh, thereafter uh, when he gave interviews. Uh, but uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll get the chance to to say goodbye to Morton Gams properly uh, later in the season. Um, also, last uh, last week on the podcast, you were suggesting that Leon Best may be uh, subject to uh, uh, to a bid. Uh, was that uh, some kind of insider information you had there? Uh, not, not, not inside information. It's just something I, I'd, well, I'd heard he wasn't happy about not playing, and um, I was watching him quite closely um, on 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 Saturday against uh, Bolton, and I think he warmed up once, and uh, after we'd made the third substitution, he took off um, down the tunnel. He didn't even wait till the end of the game. Um, so I don't think he's happy about not playing regular football, um, you know, which I can understand, you know, if he's, but the problem he's got is, um, we only playing one up front and there's no way that boy is going to drop, um, Jordan Rhodes. Uh, so, so he's stuck really. And, uh, I don't think he's very happy, uh, about not playing. And I thought he may leave, um, before the transfer deadline, but, I suspect his wages uh, were um, a factor which uh, stopped uh, him from leaving. But the loan window opens um, in four or five days' time. Uh, there is speculation that uh, Bolton are interested in in Leon Best taking him on loan. Um, so uh, he, we may still see him leave um, uh, when the, when the loan window opens. Um, and you know. I'd, I don't think he's had a, a good crack of the whip because he got injured and then uh, when he's come back, um, uh, obviously Jordan Rhodes is the number one striker. And I think we, we tried to play two up front against Forrest and it worked to some extent, but it then leaves a short in midfield. And I, I think Boyer likes to play Dunn or a Kenny or a Rochina off uh, Jordan Rhodes because they can go and supplement the midfield. Um, so, so for the foreseeable future, Touchwood, you know, Jordan doesn't get injured, then uh, Leon Best opportunities are going to be very limited. So, you know, if another Championship club comes in for him, Rovers may decide to let him go out on loan, even if it means recovering some of his wages, because it will still free up some wages to bring a, a loan striker in. 
Yeah, you're talking about Donny there. Um, he didn't have the best of games at uh, Doncaster, uh, but uh, against Barnsley and then against Bolton, um, he played a, a pivotal role uh, in linking uh, uh, the the midfield uh, uh, with uh, with Jordan Rhodes, uh, and uh, he's he's been a key player uh, over the last couple of games. And uh, you know, nine goals in two games, and he's played a, a very big part in that. He only lasts sixty minutes, but. Um, uh, 60 minutes if you're two or three goals to the good that's that's fine isn't it yeah if he's he looks very very fit looks very lean as well haven't seen him this lean before um and i think probably boy has told him look you're not going to play 90 minutes but go and give me 60 minutes of absolutely everything give it your all for 60 minutes and and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll swap you around and and i think that's working for him because you know, he was running around all over the place on on saturday he was closing down Bolton and then when he got the ball he was showing good quality with passing and making runs into the Bolton box um, and causing them quite a lot of problems so so if he's going to be playing 60-65 minutes that's fine because if he gives it his all and continues to show the quality that he he, he was showing um, particularly over the last two games then uh, he, he could be a very big player for us and you know with Burnley coming up and we know his history with that with with that fixture, it usually brings the best out of him. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to, to to seeing what he does on on uh, a week on Saturday. Yeah, very much so. Going back to transfers, uh, were there any others uh, who you thought were on the verge of going? Uh, for example, uh, Etuhu. Uh, was there any chance of uh, a bid coming in for him or uh, paying him off? No, I think he's not fit. You know, he's had this injury and he's just coming back. Um, so it was the off chance someone might take a punt, but um, uh, you know, he's he's still not fit. So I think you know, obviously he's now going to get himself fit. He might even get a chance in the first team. Uh, you know, to, to, to stake a claim, and then if things still haven't worked out, maybe in January, you know, they may look to to to, to loan him out somewhere as well. Um, but I think it's now about getting him fit and. Seeing if he's got something to offer. Um, I think last year uh, we didn't see the best of it too, but he was playing with Danny Murphy in midfield and uh, effectively doing the job of two people. Um, so I think this year with Law there, with uh, Corey Evans there, with Kearney there, with Morrow there, uh, I'd like to see him given a chance you know, if he's fit and see how he fits into a midfield that's functioning a lot better than what. You know what was happening last year, so so uh, hopefully you know he he gets a chance and let let's see what he can offer. Yeah. Now uh, Scott Dan, we were concerned that uh, a bid would be coming in for for him, uh, but in the end uh, there were no offers for him. You're always expecting a bid for him. Uh, they thought someone might come in. They'd even lined up. Uh, a replacement defender. I don't know who, who the replacement defender was, but they had lined someone up in the event that a bid came in for Scott Dan. Uh, but yeah, uh, nothing happened on, on transfer deadline day. Um, I think finances are tight um, across all divisions, really. Uh, and and obviously, you know, it would have cost someone two or th- about three or four million, I would say, minimum three million to, to get Dan. And, um, you know, no one, no one, was was willing to pay that kind of money uh, in this climate, but I think Rovers were kind of expecting something possibly because they had a, a, a replacement defender lined up if if a bid had come in. Yeah, and uh, Grant Hanley, uh, you were suggesting that there were scouts uh, at uh, the Barnsley match, perhaps uh, looking at Grant Hanley. He's had uh, rave reviews since the Scotland match. Yeah, well, I don't know if they were looking at um, Grant Hanley in particular, but uh, West Brom's chief scout was um, at the um, at the the, the Barnsley game. Um, I'm not sure if there were any scouts um, at the um, Bolton game, but um, he has had rave reviews uh, since the, um, uh, the the England Scotland game, and his performances against Barnsley and Bolton have been been good, you know. Obviously, he's just signed a new contract over the summer, so uh, I think anyone wanting him, he's tied up to a long, longish kind of deal, so it'll take a lot more money 
to, to get get him out of the club. But I'm I'm delighted uh, that no one's coming for him because um, he's really improved as a defender over the last eighteen months. Yeah, also you got to remember he's uh, still very young. Yeah, it's what only twenty one, is he? Yeah, I think something like that. Yeah, he's a very young lad. Um, I think Dunny was mentioning um, he obviously is over thirty, and then the next two oldest were Dan, twenty six, and Jordan Rhodes, I think he's twenty three, twenty four. So, so you know, that's a very very young side, and and then the rest are all below that age. So we've got a very very young side, uh, which boards well for the future if we can keep them all together and they carry on developing. But uh, that's a heck of a young side you know to have so obviously with young players you do get up and down performances but um, if you can keep the nucleus of this squad together um, then uh, you know it it could develop into a a, a very good side Uh, it reminds me a bit like Sunes he had he had a few more experienced players as well you know like Craig Hignett and Brad Friedel um, and Craig Short so he had a few more experienced ones but uh, the nucleus of his side was built around young lads like um, you know Damian Johnson. Um, uh, he had um, Damian Duff, uh, Matt Janssen, Dunny, uh, Martin Taylor. Uh, so you know it, it it kind of reminds me of that era when we came up. You know his side, he had a few more experienced heads, but it was built around uh, good young players. Yeah, and uh, the new acquisitions uh, are starting to look pretty good. Uh, Tom Kearney, uh, very, very neat in possession. Uh, I like the look of him. Uh, Corey Evans, uh, he really got stuck in. Uh, a cracking tackle, I, I don't know if you remember. He put yeah. in a cracking tackle as well. and uh, uh, Very good uh, goal yeah, as well. He, he looked, yeah, he looked really good. Uh, the, like you said, the tackle. He looked very co- cool, calm as well, composed. He passed the ball well as well, so yeah, it was a it was a real first chance I've seen him play, and he he was he was very good. I was very impressed by him, and like you said, Ken is a good technical player, uh, and you know when uh, Dunn went off, he went and played off 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 uh, Jordan Rhodes, and he did well there as well. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, obviously, left back Tommy Spur, um, sound, very sound defensively. And uh, he's uh, getting a good uh, understanding with Josh King. Uh, Josh King uh, is, uh, I'd say, a bit of a liability in defence when he comes back. Uh, gave away about three silly, silly fouls in dangerous areas against Bolton. But uh, uh, going forward, he's, uh, uh, he's absolutely devastating at the moment. And uh, Tommy Spur uh, gives us that balance down the left side with uh, a very good... Uh, solid defensive performances. Uh, so yeah, Tommy Spurs looking good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he reminds me of uh, like Henning Berg, you know, very dependable defender. Um, seven out of ten each week, kind of if you defend very very dependable. So he, he looks he looks an excellent signing. Uh, um, good defensively, his throws are are excellent, and uh, he does get forward. Within reason, he's not Martin Olsen who's going to get forward all the time, but he picks uh, his moments to get forward and uh, could do with possibly working a little bit on his crossing. But um, that's just nitpicking. He's he's been he's been excellent at that left back. Yeah, for I sure. Think the biggest compliment I can pay him is he looks like he's been playing for all for years for years. You know, he looks like he just slotted in and and looks like he's been our left back for years. So you know that that, that bodes well for the future. Yeah, I mean, uh, almost forgot to mention him. Uh, he's he's uh, uh, one of those players that uh, just gets on with it, and uh, uh, he he's he's really impressed me um, in in that left back spot. Now um, we've got a few players that are coming back from injury. And, uh, Matt Kilgallen uh, was on the bench for the Bolton match, um, and uh, he's going to struggle to get in the t- in the side now. Yeah, he's got a struggle to get in the side, but I think he's been brought in as a like a cover defender anyway. Um, but we've got a lot of double headers coming up um, in in throughout October, and I think we've got a few in November as well. So I'm sure he'll he'll get a chance. Um, he's um, obviously come from Sunderland. He's 29 years old, so he, he's well experienced, and 
I think he, he gives us good options. He can play at left back if if we've got an injury there, and obviously he can play centre back. And like I said, with the number of games coming up, I'm I'm sure he'll get a chance. And um, uh, he's he looks like a, a dependable type player, so I'm, I'm sure he won't let anyone down. Good. And uh, Lee Williamson has uh, not featured yet uh, this season, but uh, apparently he's back in training. And it'll uh, be interesting to see uh, whether he can uh, push his way into the squad and then into the side. He was excellent last year, I thought. Um, um, and again, he gives us good options in, in midfield. He's he's pretty decent passer of the ball, leads the game well. Um, and, and, you know... I was very impressed with him, particularly when we were under the caution with the relegation running. Uh, he, he stood up and, and was counted, so um, I'm looking forward to his return as well. He gives us some really good options now in midfield. Uh, you've got Law, you've got uh, Evans, and you've got Williamson if he's fit, and then you've got Morrow. Um, you know, so he gives us some really good options. And if it's two who can come back and uh, be inspired by what some of these young lads are doing, then then uh, you know it, suddenly we've got some competition for places in, in, in centre midfield. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a contrast with uh, the opening to the season where uh, Alex Marrow and uh, Jason Law were the, the central midfielders and were looking very, very static in, in the midfield. Uh, now all of a sudden we've got four or five or six uh, people who can uh, play a role in the midfield. Uh, so all of a sudden it's looking pretty healthy in there. That uh, bodes well for, uh, uh, for the season. Uh, the transfer window, any final thoughts on the transfer window? Yeah, well, well what we started with, um, I'm amazed and delighted that um, no Premier League club came in for Jordan Rhodes. Um, there was a lot of confusion yesterday about Wigan, uh, where um, there were reports of a, a bid coming in for, for Rhodes. Uh, I, I understand now that there was no formal offer for Rhodes, but uh, that was because they hadn't uh, signed or uh, sold uh, McCarthy. Wigan hadn't sold McCarthy until very late in the window. But I'm led to believe you know, that there was informal discussions between uh, Wigan and, and Rovers where they told Rovers what they were potentially going to offer. Um, and um, you know that that they were interested in roads and this is what they were going to offer. Um, in the end, that offer didn't materialise. But my understanding is, even if they had made whatever they were going to offer, uh, it was going to be rejected. The owners told um, Gary Boyer that you know Jordan Rose wasn't for sale. Obviously, if a Premier League club had come in, then I suspect that dynamic would have changed because. Rhodes would have wanted a chance uh, to talk to a Premier League club, uh, and but in the in the end, um, no Premier League club came in for him, so that that wasn't an, an issue. I am amazed that a Premier League club didn't come in for him. Uh, West Brom were monitoring him, Newcastle were monitoring him, Fulham have been monitoring him for a very very long time, um, West Ham as well. Uh, Swansea were very interested in him, but then they got Borny. Uh, so, so, so he, he slipped down uh, their list. But a lot of clubs have looked at him, and uh, no one's put off for it. Um, um, I'm delighted by that, and hopefully, you know, no one does so in in January. And he's now got his first couple of goals, and he's flying again. So, uh, hopefully, we can keep him fit. But I think I said in a number of podcasts, uh, I'd be amazed if. Uh, uh, no formal offer came in for Rhodes and I'm sat here amazed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, uh, the loan window is coming up uh, very soon. Uh, how do you see uh, that going for Rovers? Yeah, the, the, the loan window opens, I think, in four or five, five days' time. Um, so for those who aren't familiar with this window, is you're allowed an emergency loan. You can, you can bring players in on an emergency loan. The football league and uh, term an emergency loan as ninety days. So whichever player you you bring in, it's a ninety day loan. Um, we used it um, last season to bring King in, for example, when when Berg uh, took over as manager, we bought uh, King in on an emergency ninety day loan. After the ninety days, 
the player has to return back uh, to, to the to his home club, and then if you want to bring them back again, you've gone to another loan. So that would take us to around about January anyway. Um, so uh, that window opens. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to be using the emergency loan uh, window to bring a striker in. Um, Gary Boyer wants a target man. Um, he he. He's he's looking for a target man, and he's looked at a number of players. So uh, he he'll be pushing uh, to use that loan window um, to 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 bring in a target man, and that loan window may also result in uh, you know maybe best going to um, to uh, Bolton or another club, and then the other players on the fringes um, like Marcus Olsen and uh, Fabio Nunes. Uh, these guys probably aren't going to be getting a game anytime soon because of the other options that we've got now. Um, so uh, we may use the loan window to ship them out for a couple of months as well. Um, so um, generally in the championship, there wasn't much transfer activity yesterday. I, I reckon this emergency loan system is going to be widely used uh, when, when this window opens. The Premier League clubs who've now finalised their squads um, will be looking to let some of their fringe players go as well. So uh, I think when, once the loan window is open, um, I think it's going to be used uh, quite widely by, by the championship clubs. And um, you're going to see uh, quite a few players moving from the Premier League uh, to uh, you know, championship clubs on, on these 90-day loans. Well, we look forward to seeing what happens uh, in, in the next few weeks uh, on the loan window front. Um, in the meantime, uh, we'll have uh, more news for you uh, on the podcast uh, two weeks uh, from now until the, the Burnley match. Uh, so uh, we, may, we, we may not have uh, time for our regular podcast uh, during that time, but uh, uh, watch out for a different type of podcast uh, sometime next week uh, we'll, we'll try and get it out to you um, Cammy, it's been good uh, hearing your thoughts once again on the football and also uh, hearing you uh, talk about the transfer window dealings uh, thanks ever so much for coming on yeah thanks Ben, that's been, been good coming on and it's been good having you across here uh, for the last few games You know, sat with you at the last two home games um, and also at the first game so it's been good uh, catching up with you yeah, and uh, of course, uh, uh, you were saying that was a, a good omen for us, uh, nine goals in two games. It's not too bad, is it? Yeah, I think, I think you should uh, move across permanently. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad, is it? But, uh, yeah, it's been great to uh, see you over the last uh, few weeks, uh, catch up with you um, in, in person rather than over, over the internet. Um, hopefully everything goes well down at Ewood. Uh, over the next uh, few months uh, we'll keep in touch via uh, the good old internet and uh, I'll talk to you again in the next podcast thanks very much yeah thanks, thank you and uh, yeah that's all we have time for uh, for this podcast uh, thanks ever so much to everyone wherever you are in the world uh, do take good care and uh, thank you for listening